I, I missed the last part. Um, that seems like there's drawing of a person's contact points. Well, the question was about the technique of practice that this other teacher, uh, Goenkaji, uses, which is colloquially, colloquially called uh, sweeping, uh, which is basically a body scan, you know, and going through the body, feeling the sensation systematically feeling the sensations in different parts. It's simply another way of developing mindfulness. You know, it's mindfulness of the body and sensations and the feelings associated with them. What's important to understand is that there are many techniques for developing mindfulness. And in Burma alone, one of my teachers said there are over 50 different ways of doing Vipassana. So it's not just kind of one narrow technique, there are many approaches. Uh, Some focus just on the body, some focus more on mental events. Um, One of the things I appreciate about this way of practice is that it really explicitly develops attention to the whole range, to the body, to feelings, to emotions. Although any other technique, if it's really a genuine technique of Vipassana, will lead to that anyway. So it's just another way to do it. When you talked about it, it sounded like just like sensing sensations of how everything can all be broken and scattered and pop out. If you can speak a little louder, I can. Yeah. The, the purification process, uh, it can be understood in two ways. It, it could be understood uh, as a kind of opening up or clearing out of things that have been uh, sort of an opening up of the energy of the energy field, you know, and that happens in all of the traditions of practice. But there's a danger to that model because unless it's understood very well, it can lead to kind of reaching for something or practicing in order for something to happen. There's another, there's another way of expressing it, which seems to be more, to me more uh, complete in the moment. And that is that the purification process, although it's reflected in the kinds of experiences that may happen, you know, it really has to do with the quality of the mind, the freedom of the mind, the nature of awareness with respect to any experience that's arising. That's why I said the other day, or whenever it was, to be watchful about interpreting certain sensations as blocks. Because even that kind of interpretation, already there's an agenda. Rather than the purification happening in each moment when the mind is free of grasping, free of aversion, free of ignorance, free of not knowing what's happening. 
pay attention to the quality of the mind at those times. And so you really get a taste of what that kind of freedom is about in the moment. And it's true that until we're fully enlightened, maybe at first those tastes are very momentary. But as we practice, we rest more and more in that quality of awareness that is not attached, not grasping. So you want to recognize when you're with the breath or a sensation or noticing a thought or a feeling, notice the quality of the mind that is freely aware. Okay, there. Did you hear that in the back? Yeah. <laughs> okay. In terms of the whole first part of what you were saying, <laughs> no, it's not confusion at all. It sounded like an extremely clear perception of how things are. It sounds great. There really isn't walking. Walking is a concept. Breath is a concept. Uh, The, the mystery, the excitement, the joy, the fear, all of that 
in the practice is precisely happen precisely happens because we are really opening you know it's, it's so easy to use these words but they they actually reflect what happens it is a radically different way of understanding the world of understanding who we are until we actually observe very carefully and go into this whole process we are living in quite a solidified view of things to an extent that we may not even realize the sense of the self the sense of the body as things begin to open up we really see that things are not or how we had seen things is just one small sliver of the spectrum of possible ways to know things and possible ways to experience things and as we explore different levels of perception different understandings there is a whole range of attendant emotions around it and sometimes there is tremendous joy sometimes there is fear as the process unfolds you will see that the mind comes to a place of profound equanimity where there's a resting in awareness and everything is just rolling on did i tell you the, my parachute story it's actually ramdas's story but he, he used it he used this it's it really reflects the development of practice he said meditation it's like or the spiritual path it's like somebody jumping out of an airplane or being pushed out of an airplane you know. and at first this free fall you know and there's the first moments of exhilaration there's but then the person realizes that they don't have a parachute so then there is total fear total panic no parachute and so they're going down 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 in this total fear at a certain point they realize there's no ground <laughs> so then they relax so that's kind of it you know it's like we jump we jump out of the plane and at first it's quite this is the honeymoon in practice people think oh this is great but then as the solid supports of our life you know we begin to see that they're not so solid there's panic and fear until you realize that the nature of all phenomena it's just all insubstantial empty phenomena I wouldn't interpret. Don't, just let it all happen. Uh, there's a very nice haiku poem which is a could be a support for for undertaking the practice. Uh, it says simply trust. 
Don't the leaves flutter down just like that? Simply trust, don't the leaves flutter down just like that? And so it's resting in the Dharma, resting in the lap of the Buddha. Let the whole thing unfold. The, pro- <laughs> the problem is in thinking about it. I mean, as soon as you started having those thoughts, you know, what is this going to be like? What does this mean for out in the world? If you were able at that time to simply note thinking, you would have stayed right in the process, letting it unfold. But as soon as we start analyzing or commenting or evaluating, already we're we're caught up in our attempt to solidify our experience in a certain way, uh, and we get caught in that conceptual realm, there are times when that might be helpful. So I'm not suggesting we never do that. In the course of intensive practice, it's not helpful. It would be better just to simply trust. <laughs> you know, let it all unfold You know, presumably the Buddha was living in as in, an enlightened a state as one can. He was very effective in the world. I don't think we have to worry. Because really what we're doing is weakening and uprooting the forces of greed, hatred, and ignorance. That's what is going on. That's not a problem. They support one another. They uh, are somewhat different practices. Uh, and it's really the difference between concentration techniques and awareness techniques. For example, when we're doing the metta, we're really concentrating the mind or having the mind settle in a particular feeling, which is a very open and loving one. Not particularly seeing the impermanent momentary nature of phenomena. But they're very supportive of one another because the more open we are, the more loving, then the awareness practice becomes much easier. You know, because we're not, we're not living or being uh, defensive with what comes up. We're really open to it. So they're different, but, but really very uh, complementary or closely connected. 
you'll see, you know, in the, in the course of your spiritual life, at times you might, you, at times it's just doing the Vipassana practice, at times you might want to do some intensive metta practice. So you really can see both the difference and how they help one another. I think we need to uh, go to interviews. Breathe with no breath and walk with no movement <laughs> and enjoy the day. Do you have questions this morning on your Dharma practice? <clears throat>